0: the hardest clip i had to commentate was tetris battle royale my girlfriend's my girlfriend's brother submitted a clip of him winning a game of tetris royale i'm like how do i how do i break this down like what is even happening (laughs) what the hell is happening right here um and so it really helped me in commentate other games because i was able to be like okay well how can i explain what is happening right now in the best way possible
1: How you feeling? You said you're feeling a little ill.
0: Yeah, maybe I got the coronavirus. I don't know. We'll have to see if I die in the next couple days. But uh, oh. if I do, you'll be the uh, the last person who, uh, um, I guess, gets some content out of me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: where are you from? If you don't want me asking, is, is that is that classified info?
0: No, no, no. I, I, I live in Canada. Oh, okay, um, okay. Pretty much the most southern tip in uh, in Windsor, which is like right across the street from Detroit. Oh. Okay. Um, so. I've, I've, I met a lot of really cool Canadian people like this last year
1: just through the internet, and it, uh, it made me uh, determined to move to Canada eventually in my life. <laughs> I'm from North Dakota, so I'm right on the northern tip of America. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, there's really only two spots that you really want to go to, either the west coast or the east coast. You don't want to go to the middle. Yeah. Um, it's just flat. It's boring. There's no one there. <laughs> so you either want to go to like Vancouver or Toronto, and then there's nothing in between.
1: I visited Vancouver a couple times in the last year, so it's a really cool city. Uh, my brother lives yeah. right on the border of Washington, so he's like yeah. an hour away from Vancouver, and that's where all like the outbreaks are in the U.S. pretty much. I think feel it was like 15 cases of coronavirus or something in Seattle, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I think that's quite a bit. Um, Jeez. And he said his roommate is super sick right now, so I'm hoping that my brother doesn't get coronavirus. He's just, he's just chilling yeah, up me. there,
0: but... Maybe, maybe, maybe screw Valorant. Let's just have a coronavirus podcast where we just just talk about outbreaks.
1: I think that – um, do you know who Devin Nash is? Yeah. I, like, he does all of his marketing stuff, and I think he actually did a coronavirus talk recently. <laughs> I'm just like, man, that's a little out of the blue for him, but, like, yeah. He like... did.
0: He did, but I don't think it was on his channel. It was on some other dude's channel. Oh, okay. Um, and they were just talking primarily about, like, how – and this even relates to Valorant, how they're canceling events, like, left and right. Due to their fear of the coronavirus and they cancelled that like streamer and influencer playthrough, which I think is still happening this Wednesday. They're doing it online, um, yeah. Yeah, but they're doing it online this time. But like
1: that's cool that they're still trying to like do it and stuff and they're still they're still getting all the streamers and their codes and everything. I'm really intrigued for what they're gonna do. Do you have any idea what like what they have planned or?
0: Um well let's 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 try to look at it logically then in this case. Let's say they're, they want Shroud to play this game this weekend, right? So they probably give him a download link to a closed beta, and he's either a going to be allowed to stream it, or b he's going to have to um, play with like a group of other streamers, and they'll have to they'll probably be given a date where they can release content and be first to release content. But it's really going to be either or either they're going to be allowed to stream it, or they're not going to be able to really allowed. To release content until a certain day and they'll have to sign something that says that they agree to that.
1: Yeah, like an NDA or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just th- through all the streamers.
1: That- that'll be interesting. If they do like a tournament, because that's kind of what I was expecting them to do, like a big tournament with all the players and stuff and like invite everybody out. I thought that would have been really interesting and do like, like commentary and like hype everybody up. Yeah. And-, and then do something like they did with Rune Terror where they dropped it like pretty much afterwards, right? Um, So I think there was a little 10 mean... year anniversary where they just released Rune Terror right afterwards, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they also, I think I think it's also very similar to how they handle TFT. And all the tournaments for TFT have been very, like, just streamer and influencer-focused. Um, Which, like, they'll, they'll do a tournament, it'll have money, but people, like, kind of suck at TFT. <laughs> like, they're all just, like, yeah. influencers who play the game, right?
1: So, uh, as, as a shopcaster then, I'm assuming you keep up with a lot of different esports. Uh, it looks like on your banner that you made, you... I saw specifically listed Legends of Runeterra League of Legends and CS:GO, I think. Um...
0: No, it was um so okay, so here's kind of like my I guess I'll start with my background in casting. Um my first ever esports event I was I, I was in business. I was in like a business degree and I hated it. I hated the people that I was studying with. I didn't really like the environment. And I wanted to make a jump over, and this was around the time that I started playing League too, um, and I don't really remember the first time I watched the LCS or like, but once I started to get wrapped up into that space, like around season two, I was like, "Holy crap, this looks like a sick job! Like, this would be dope! Like, to just shout like shoutcast people playing games, and it just sounded so cool." So yeah, I tried to find out where like my first dip into the esports space was. This like event at the uh, AMD headquarters in Ontario um, and there was like a League 5v5 happening and they just like this company wanted me to write an article about it. So I did, but there was like these dudes shoutcasting. And after I was like, holy crap, like, how do I how do I get involved? Like, how do I how do I shoutcast? So then really from there, I started casting like I just, you know, obviously just the rest is kind of history. And I started casting League Da da. I've been doing it for four years now. But here and there, I've been kind of dabbling with other games. Like recently, this past fall, I did some Rocket League. Um, I've casted CS:GO like a little bit here and there. I've kind of just dabbled around. Um, but with the 10-year anniversary being announced, I was like, "Crap! I think I really just need to double down on anything Riot Games." Yeah. So my banner is just Runeterra TFT League and Valorant. I don't think I'll ever probably end up commentating. Like, I'll probably end, like. I'm being obviously optimistic, but I'll probably end up commentating one of the games, but obviously not all four. But if I commentate all four, I'm much more easily hireable by Riot if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, because you kind of become Riot.
1: like a Riot like poster boy. Like it kind of like free pretty much, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be like really cool. Do you so have you have you attempted to commentate anything for like Runeterra or anything or, or TFT? I feel like that yeah. was I just feel like Sorry, the commentary between like a game like Runeterra versus a game like um uh, Valorant, I-, I wouldn't say it's harder, but I would say that it's like different, like v- very different in lo- those regards.
0: Um, I have come so, so okay, so another thing is that uh, I'm also a teacher currently, like, I'm a professor, oh, okay. Um, at a college that has an esports degree, so I teach um, broadcasting to like 60 students, and then they have two years where they go through like this thing and then they get a diploma, which is. Also, if you think about it, insane to think about, to have, like, an eSports diploma. But anyways, that's besides the point. (laughs) Some of my students really wanted to um, be the first ever Terra tournament. Um, So the day of release, they hosted a Terra tournament, and I commentated it. So I technically have commentated Terra, yeah. But it was, like, rough, because, like, um, obviously nobody really knows what all the cards do yet, and it's still very much... A casting style hasn't really been developed for it. Obviously, you can mimic a lot from Magic and uh, and, sorry, not TFT, Hearthstone, but still, it can develop its own style, and we haven't really seen a lot of Ruin Terror tournaments, so we don't really know if there is a style yet to develop. So anyways, I have, and for TFT, haven't really commentated much TFT, but when I'd play, if I was, like, in the final rounds, I would just commentate my team fight comp. I feel like that's, like, I've watched a few TFT tournaments be commentated, and they take like a very Hearthstone approach. Whereas I actually think that you can just have analysis, but when it gets to like top four, top six, you can actually commentate the team fights if they're close, because it really is just team yeah. fights over and over and over and over again.
1: And that's that's like pretty hype too. Like the early game. So um, I I used to watch a lot of StarCraft uh back in the day. I don't know if you you came from StarCraft as well, but um, I always complained that. There, in every other game that I've seen, I've never seen people do the same sort of shoutcasting that you see from the StarCraft players. There used to be entire YouTube channels that were just invested on shoutcasting like professional matches because there were so many people like just on the ladder playing, and then they would upload the replay to like blah, to just like this one website, and they just download it and they would like commentate over it. You'd have like this like three or four different shoutcasters commentating over the same game on like their channels, and it was really interesting. And I don't know if I've ever seen that on League. Is are there League channels that do commentary like that
0: or? Um, so obviously it's very difficult to execute. Like, if, let's let's think about it from the perspective of Do you know who Captain Flowers is? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, hey, so Captain Flowers is a shoutcaster for Riot. Um, he currently commentates the NA division, uh, for them, and he's from Canada. How he got his start is obviously he commentated amateur League of Legends in his, I guess, like area. I'm sure everyone has, like, little pockets of amateurism where people just like the game, right? Now, Captain Flowers, how he got started was he commentated, like, every week at 3 in the morning, he commentated um, the Chinese circuit for for League. Like, he would just open up the, the, the stream and he would commentate it. But he'd have to mute it because there's other casters obviously commentating over it. Yeah, so you can't the gameplay. <laughs> yeah, so who who would want to sit through that? Who wants to sit through like people kind of I guess feel almost like they need the sound of the game and it's definitely the case for CS. Imagine casting a game of CS and you can't hear and there's it. There's <laughs> no there's no AK, there's no M4, there's no op. Like you would be like you would feel a lot less connected to the game, right? Um so, there is stuff like that, to answer your question, but it's more often than not, not very prominent, because Riot doesn't release replays for professional matches. If they yeah. did, I actually feel like you'd see a lot more of it, because people would want to shoot their shot, right? Yeah. Um, But, you, you you kind of need the sound, and and really, you need the sound for any esport. Like, people just like those audio cues. they makes them feel like they're watching the actual game, right? So,
1: yeah. That's uh, that's really interesting, though, that there are, like, people who have tried it. And I really respect the grind of somebody like him, though, where um, you, I, I love when you're barred by, like, things like that, where it's like, okay, well, I can't get the sound for the game. And you're like, well, I'm not going to let that stop me, you know? That's what I've always said about the uh, for Valorant, too. Like, the, the odds that, like, either of us will probably get into the, like, closed beta if there is one is probably pretty low. But, like, just the idea of, like, if we let that stop us, then, like, that's that's just, like, the end. Or we could, like, try to figure out how to work around it. I, I really respect, like, the grind in that regard.
0: Yeah, and a lot of it also has to do with, like, obviously, there's two... Okay, so obviously, you saw the tweets that I made, um, and I added, like, a whole bunch of people. And obviously, for some people, it can be seen as a very toxic way approach, a toxic approach to trying to get noticed. I think but it's clever, it, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's either you do something or you do nothing. So I'd rather do something than do nothing, right? Yeah. Um, And if somebody says, oh, this sucks... Well, that's one extra view that I got that I wouldn't have got if you didn't say it sucks. So I'll take the haters. I'll take the people mad at me or whatever. No one got mad. In fact, it was very positive. I'm just saying like, Let's flip it and say that what if people did get mad, right?
1: Well, and beyond that, those people who are getting mad and they're still replying, each engagement is going to be boosting your post. So it's just like... Um, exactly. When yeah. I uh when I was in school, so I went to college like twice, actually, two different schools. And uh, I just kind of like determined that it wasn't the thing for me. But the very first time that I was there, I had a YouTube channel initially where the videos that I made weren't even that amazing. I was like fresh out of high school and I was like still getting into content creation. But I remember I had a social media professor that I went to him and I was like, hey, like this is my channel. I think that I'm doing okay, but like how can I do better? And what he told me is that, hey, there's a lot of people who are working on these games who like they, they might be like they might be in sound design, they might be uh in like like scared de- like character design or something like that. They're all over the place, and they don't get nearly as much attention as all these influencers and stuff like that. So I like I noticed you started like at some of like, the communications people, and you're like, Hey, like I did this. Don't you like do you think it's pretty cool? And like they noticed it and they're like, Yeah, this is pretty cool. And it's just like <laughs> that that attention is something that you can get, and it's also like like I think those building those connections. Is like completely worth it, you know, like meeting with those people because they're really cool people and they're like actually like, I don't know. I just feel like networking in that way is a lot more intelligent than like just throwing your shot at like Doctor Disrespect every time he does anything. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, uh, I, I also, I also think there's something to be said that like the reason like my first tweet where I added some of the people from the develop from the development side or the from the communication side, I did so because some of them were actually in the game, like yeah. in the actual. So I was like, "Listen, I don't care if Brandon Beck sees my tweet about like if he does, it's freaking amazing. But I'm not gonna shoot for the stars in that regard. I like I just I the feedback that I've gotten from commentary, especially when I was starting out, especially in the amateur scene, is people just love being commentated. People love their their content being kind of professionalized. And I was like, listen, like I'm pretty sure." some of these developers at one point or another were like, I want to be a pro player. And then they never made it, right? So they became yeah. a, a a content creator. They became a developer. They became a communication specialist, one or the other. And then to see their content commentated on like an esports professional level, they're like, wow, that makes me feel hype, right? Yeah. And that's kind of like the purpose of why you, if you target the low-hanging fruit, like I, I mean, I call it low-hanging fruit, but it really is because you're – you're you're hitting up people that have been working on the game putting in blood sweat and tears and you're kind of tipping your hat to them right
1: yeah well, as you should be like you should be respecting these people who are like they're putting it like these are the people who made the game like <laughs> uh, i think that's like mm. really interesting um, and what i what i love about the developers for this game too i don't know if you've noticed this as well but i haven't noticed this in like a lot of other communities they're like very active in the community like they they're they're involved in the discords and stuff they talk uh, if you do like the amas they like goof around somebody like chris tom who's like on, he's on the communications team right um he's very like personable just honest like if you talk to him he doesn't feel like a brand he feels like a person you know and i I really love that uh the way that we like you can interact with them as an audience and be able to like uh really connect with them in that way
0: yeah I, i mean i i also have to say that like i think riot as a whole does that a really does that in a really good way like if have you have you seen the uh the league of legends um documentary on netflix
1: uh, I haven't actually um I, I think I think you should
0: I think you should go watch it because it really tells you the history of like how they became um, a a consumer first company where they just care about their fans and the people that play the game like they care more about that than they care about anything else and it really shows in the way that they actually handle developing their games marketing it trying to uh, you know, give their fans more, more, more so that they stick around for longer and really also just be happy to be playing the game. Right. Yeah. Um, Like, I think a good example of how not to take care of your fans is obviously Blizzard. And we could talk about that probably for hours, but like, I love Blizzard because of the lore, but I hate Blizzard because of the way that they, handle everything
1: that's literally what i was about to say like i think that blizzard is a very good example of a company or like i feel like riot is what blizzard kind of wanted to be for like a while at least at this point in time um but i I think we'll have to wait and see how these games turn out and everything obviously when you're running a company like blizzard who has so many different games i feel like it's got to be a little bit more difficult to maintain um that's like people who compare twitch and youtube right and they'll say like youtube i I had gotten a conversation about this today so i guess that's why it's like fresh on my mind but they're like youtube is just like way less managed than twitch and i'm like youtube is also like 20 times the size of twitch like it's uh it's got to be
0: difficult in that regard but yeah i I mean also there's there's something to be said about facebook and and how they're a player in the game as well but yeah the comparison doesn't really doesn't really add up and now at least for in the case of valorant Riot is pretty much saying we're here to party we're here to play games you know we're here to actually make a mark on the industry but I guess my only question if I were to speak with like the CEO the president of Riot I think my question would be like why did it take so long like I I understand you probably wanted it to be perfect but like why did it take you so long to release a shooter why did it take you so long like card games are probably easier to develop because there's probably not much coding to go into the actual gameplay of it, but actually just the cards that need to be coded. But FPS probably, yeah, it takes time, but, like, why did it take so long? Do you just not have the money? Like, you guys have been caking since, like, Season 2, Season 3, right? Like, I don't know.
1: It feels like maybe they just wanted to make sure that they had, like, League of Legends locked down and, like, ready. Like, I don't know exactly about, like, the the logistics of the business. Like, I obviously just kind of observe as, like, a, a fan, but... If they move in too early, right, it feels like there could be an issue for the company with League. Like, if League started to fall apart, where it feels like League is in a very solid place right now, where it's just going to be around for like at least a couple more years, even if they don't like touch it very much, you know? But that, yeah, that might be my opinion. I was wondering, uh, as a so when you started to get into commentary and stuff, would you consider yourself like a pretty extroverted person, or like do you think that commentary really plays into your personality type like that, or
0: uh, I think so. Funny enough, as the years have gone by and as I've kind of gotten older, I've become a lot less extroverted. Not because, like, I don't like people, but because I just feel like I don't really want to approach that many people anymore. But a lot of my students would probably say that I am very personable and, and outgoing. I mean, like, I have to be as a teacher. Like, I have to lecture for hours and then I have to, you know, make sure that they understand. But I can't do so kind of closed off. Like, I have to be very open to them, right? Yeah. Um, but as a shoutcaster as well, if, if I, it, it, it actually kind of varies depending on who I'm casting with, no matter what, I'll try to be, um, as engaging as possible, but actually very recently, like I commentated a league game and like, I just couldn't, couldn't connect with the caster. And I still try to be as, as, as open as possible, but it's just difficult when, when it's a one way street. Right. But I think overall it does kind of play into my personality and my favorite casters, that I've casted with are the people that are the most extroverted.
1: Yeah. I would say. Do you have like a, do you have like one caster in specific
0: that you really look up to or? Um, Hmm. Look up to, that's very interesting. I think more so I just have casters that I'm a fan of. Yeah. I think captain flowers, I, I as I mentioned it before is somebody that I don't know. I, I kind of look up to because he, he came into this into the league space and he pretty much made his mark on play by play almost immediately. Like I would argue that he's one of the best play by plays in esports, bar none. Um I don't like I watch CS, like I watch Rocky League, like I watch a lot of different different uh a lot of people say in the league space that Doa is kind of like one of the GOATs or one of the greatest, but I don't really think he made that mark for me as much. I didn't really watch a lot of Korean League of Legends, so like I yeah. can't really say. Um, But, yeah, I think Captain Flowers, because he came in and he he redefined the standard for play-by-play, and he's just so clear. I think that's what I admire about him the most. Not really his work ethic, not really how hard he grinded, but how clear his commentary is like it's so crispy like you just you understand everything that's happening. It feels and... like that's got
1: to come from like years of uh years of practice too, right? For like...
0: sure, for sure, for sure. And I, I and it's something that I strive in my commentary to try to be as clear as possible. Like the best compliment that I that I can get is when someone says um oh, like you made me understand and I didn't really think that I would or like I didn't really feel like I would and I was like cool, that's what I wanted. I don't care if someone says uh, oh, you're great or you're POC Champ, or whatever. Like, I don't really care about that. Yeah. I, if, if someone says, hey, you really made me understand, then I'm like, damn, that made me feel good, you know?
1: That's uh, I, so it, it's just in terms of like giving compliments and stuff. I think that a lot of people don't realize if they like if they haven't really looked looked into any sort of communications as well. Um, providing like very specific things of like why somebody is good when you compliment them <laughs> is like very helpful in that. Yeah. So when people are like, "Oh, <laughs> your your content's really great," it's like, "Thank you, I, like I appreciate it," but like I don't really know why. You know, it's just it's. Just, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm glad that it like touched you, but. Um, yeah. But then like beyond that, uh, you said. Uh, Saying that you're very clear is, like, a really high-tier compliment for you. And I love that. Um, I've heard the quote, and I don't know if you've heard this as well. Uh, the measure of how, how well somebody knows something is how easily they can explain it to somebody who's, like, who's really really foreign to it, right? Um, and I love that for, like, casters where, like, if you're coming into League of Legends and you don't know anything about League of Legends, does this caster or commentator make you feel like you understand the game? Um, Yeah, And I never really put that in, like, the hands of the commentator, actually, until you said that. But, like, that very much is their job to explain it to somebody who maybe isn't following everything going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, There's two things. So I casted the league for, like, four years. And then I took, like, a year year break because I thought commentating wasn't – I wasn't going to make it. I realized, like, looking back now that I'm, like, really diving back into it and taking it incredibly seriously, I'm taking it way seriously than I ever did in the four years that I commentated even though I have a full-time job, like, yeah, it's, um, I'm taking it a lot more seriously now, but before I didn't, I didn't, I don't really feel like I hustled as hard, but what has really changed the way I commentate now is two things. One, um, I started TikTok. I started a TikTok in December. And I actually love that. And yeah.
1: Keep going.
0: And what I would do is I would just commentate random clips and, I would just have fun with it, and I also opened up like a like a Google form, and people can submit their clips, and I can commentate them. So it just kind of created like this insane thing, and uh, it really helped me commentate random things, like and kind of get good at contextualizing like what is it that is happening in this most random clip. The hardest clip I had to commentate was Tetris Battle Royale. My <laughs> girlfriend's my girlfriend's brother submitted a clip. Of him winning a game of Tetris Royale. I'm like, how do I how do I break this down? Like, what really is started, even yeah. happening? <laughs> what the hell is happening right here? Um, and so it really helped me in commentate other games because I was able to be like, okay, well, how can I explain what is happening right now in the best way possible? Right? Um, the second thing that has helped me become a better commentator is actually teaching. I have to explain to people and hope that they understand and try to expand their learning which means how can i also do that in my commentary and to do that every single week and and kind of a lot of the way i teach is i prepare a lesson but i obviously am thinking a lot of the time off the dome and kind of just like trying to push that information out yeah. so i have to make sure that i try to get them to understand the best way that i can and it's really it's really helped me be a better commentator like and i didn't think that it would i never like felt like oh yeah i'm gonna become a professor because i want my commentary to get better it just kind of fell into place
1: do you, so you, I'm assuming you like your teaching job. Like he got into it. Um, I since I've been doing these presentations, I don't know if you know like a little bit of background on me. Um, but I, I've been doing like these Valorant presentations for like the last two months. I literally prepare a PowerPoint and I just go through the PowerPoint on stream, like talking about like a character or something. And since doing this, I've realized how hard it actually is to teach. Like for me to go through <laughs> and make it like actually interesting. And I'm like preparing a PowerPoint every single day. I'm like sweating at like 4 a.m. trying to put together a PowerPoint. Like it's yeah. it, it's a lot of work, honestly.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I I, and considering I'm a full time professor, so I have to, yeah, I have to teach like I have to cover like what three different courses at one given time. So I'm preparing three different lesson plans and, and it, it just it just it can get definitely overwhelming. So I try to even actually in the way that I develop like a whole course or like I plan out the whole the whole semester.
1: Yeah,
0: I try to create pockets where I get a break from each class. I mean, this is getting into, like, actually teaching, but I try to create pockets where I have a break in one class, and then I can just, okay, I only have to worry about this one, one class this week, and then it alternates, and I try to split the workload that way.
1: So that's how you balance, like, uh, your teaching and, like, commentating then, or?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, commentating has has been kind of, like, a recent resurgence, like, I kind of decided in the the 2020 year that I was going to make the deepest run that I would ever make um, for commentary, but... It's pretty much for me. It's an after-hours type thing. It doesn't really relate to how I work with uh, with teaching.
1: Oh, it doesn't interfere with it a lot. Um, yeah. So you said that your your students had their room Terror tournament too. So how does that relate to what you what you teach? What do you what exactly do you teach again?
0: So um, it's an esports diploma in in Windsor, and there's my focus. There's a few professors on on deck for the program, but what I focus on is broadcasting. So I teach them how to stream. Uh, I pretty much have divvied up, like, a course into, like, four segments. And, like, sorry, four courses across two years for broadcasting. And it just really goes through semester one. They learn about observing and, like, how to pretty much run a stream at the most basic level. Semester two, they do, like, story building and pre-games and post-games. Third semester, they do... Uh, Photoshop and video editing and then fourth semester they try to grow a stream so it's kind of just like all four components into into two years pretty much and they just get different stabs at it um, but my favorite my favorite lesson is really only in the first semester because it's a less it's like I do a whole week on commentary yeah um, and that's like the one thing that I'm the most comfortable with obviously talking about um, That's cool that you
1: start with that though, because you come on strong. You're like, this guy's like a genius, and then you get yeah. into like like a netcode or something like that. I don't know if like, you know anything about that, but like, yeah. uh, this is how you set up OBS settings. That's my worst one. I, I have no idea how to do settings or tech or anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was really I was really fortunate to uh, I I just and this is like a part of the grind. Like I just really wanted to bring in like guest speakers for. Uh, for my students, and I managed to get two high-profile guest speakers. I got uh, Riot Dash, who is like the host of the NALCS. Yeah, I've heard. That. He's usually like, he, um, and I got Semler, who is like a big, um, if you don't know, big, big CS:GO commentator. He used to be on the Overwatch League, and then he moved back to CS:GO once. Obviously, they like kind of shifted. But like, even though like commentator guest speakers were really for them it really was one of the reasons what pushed me into deciding to get back into commentary as well in 2020 seeing like professionals that i don't really i'm not it's not i don't really look up to them but have like potentially working alongside them in the future and like hearing what they have to say yeah it just made me think that it was very doable to get back into the space and really just grind it out and see how far i could get
1: I think it's really cool that you, you can come into the space, too, as an educator for, like, somebody who, like, talks about broadcasting and everything. Um, because you approaching somebody and being like, hey, you can have, like, a serious impact on, like, these students in the class who are really, lo- like, they look up to your like, type of stuff. Um, I feels like there will be a lot of people who would very be very interested in that. People who maybe grew up trying to go pro in a game or, like, uh, d- trying to do streaming and being discouraged to now have it be, like, relatively mainstream for people to, like, yeah. want to do this and be, like, praised, like, hey, you can do this. I think that's really interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, not everyone in the program, full disclosure, like, wants to be a commentator or wants to be a broadcaster. Like, some people may want to, I don't know, be a be an analyst or a coach or a nutritionist for an esports team or own a team or um, run one specific segment of a team, like a CSGO team or Overwatch team. Like, there's so many different facets. And, like, it definitely is just... Um, the purpose of my teaching is to like open their eyes to it, but not necessarily convince them to take a career in it. Because obviously not everyone's gonna get a career in commentary, not everyone's gonna get a career in coaching. There's only so yeah. many jobs, but um at least with Valorant, there's gonna be more jobs that open up for sure too.
1: Uh do you have any do you have any plans for Valorant after release? Are you gonna you're gonna keep doing commentary? Are you gonna be focusing primarily on Valorant? Or are you gonna be switching like between league and stuff or
0: um League is the game that I know, like, the, the most. It's the most. It's the game that I'm most comfortable with, obviously. Um, I am going to make the deepest run that I possibly can with Valorant. I think I've already made, like, insane legway in the short amount of time that I... I guess I'm, I'm... I've To my friends, I've been calling it the Valorant campaign, where any content that comes out, I just commentate it, and I throw it out there, and I grind it out as much as I can. Um, And in the short time that I've started this campaign... It's been it's been very it's been very good. I'm not gonna like sugarcoat it. It's been very, very good. Um so I don't see no reason why I shouldn't continue it. Yeah. And if Riot says, hey, this guy's actually kind of dope. Let's have this guy on the broadcast, I'm not gonna say no.
1: Obviously. Um, you don't turn that
0: down. <laughs> for no, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, if if it happens, it happens. Um and if it doesn't, it doesn't. But uh moving into 2020 and definitely 2021. I'm going to be branding myself as like a riot games caster, not specifically a Valorant caster. Um, but I just want to be a jack of all trades so Riot's like, "Well, yeah. shit, we can put this guy anywhere." Sorry, excuse if I'm swearing by oh, are We okay. can put no, this guy we, yeah. we can put this guy anywhere and 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 we'll be okay, right?
1: That's like really cool um to like I I love the not centering down on one thing. Like maybe you do in the future too, but like as at least starting out, you don't know what's necessarily going to pop off, you know? And maybe no, like, it, it turns out that there's a there's an opening somewhere else, and they're like, hey, this is the guy that we want for it, you
0: know? Yeah, flexibility is key. Like, there's a lot of casters that dream of casting, like, one specific game. But if they only knew that there was an... Like, the problem is, is that in the casting space, you don't really know where there's a demand because it's not like jobs are really um, out there. Or, like, Riot or Blizzard or Supercell or... Um, like any any developer, doesn't really make like a jo- a public job posting for for a for a caster. Like they're not like oh we're looking for a caster. It's usually internal and it's usually somebody that they already know or it's usually like kind of through the inner workings of esports through the back streets. So people already kind of get the job before yeah things even, you know what I mean. So, but what I what I sorry what I mean to say is like let's say you focus on siege you focus on casting siege. What well, you don't, what well, you don't know, because there's so much back streets, so there's so many back streets in esports, is that there probably is a inc- insane demand for a PUBG caster, but they have no clue, they have no idea because PUBG is not asking for it, right? Or like yeah. they don't know where to find that information. So yes, if you want to cast league, go for it, but try to keep your eyes open for sure, and and be be open to ca- casting anything because you never know what door might open.
1: I think a lot of people are really like dead set on one thing too, and they don't like to be flexible about it. Like, it opportunities are opportunities, you know. Like, I, I wanted to be a full time streamer, but like if something else came up in esports, I would totally be down for it, just because like my goal is just to be happy, you know. And if, if I could find if I could find happiness like doing anything in esports, then like yeah, sure, like I'd be okay with it. Um, I wanted to talk about how undersaturated Valorant is right now too. After you brought that up, like you you've reached a lot of success just posting the the stuff in the or like on Twitter, right? Or mostly on Twitter. Yeah. Do You doing on YouTube as well or.
0: Um, I, I put, I put, I tried to post in the discord, but that place is a disaster. Yep. Like I would, <laughs> I would put po- like, there's, I'll post it once and then immediately it would get flooded. Like some people would see it, but definitely not the traction that like, yeah, obviously the Twitter's got, um, my strategy for, for getting clips out there is obviously just on Twitter and, and some, a little bit of Reddit. I posted Reddit is a decent place to put stuff. Yeah. Um, but my, my strategy is based off of something I did during one of the World Championships for League, I sat at my computer, I had the stream open on one on one screen and on the other screen I had Photoshop open and I was just jamming out memes. I was just a factory of memes, just watching the broadcast and just trying out any, any reference they made, I'd make it. And then anyone that's relevant on Twitter, I would respond with my meme on their tweet and I would try to be the first person. And that's really like the way that, like when I tweet it just by myself, yeah, it's gonna get a little bit of legway, but the the biggest tweet was actually underneath Slasher's tweet, um, and Slasher tweeted about that Phoenix clip, and then I posted the Phoenix clip underneath him. Yeah. Um, and twenty five K views later, it, it it like blew up, and then some Brazilian caster from League retweeted it, or like I don't know how he did it, but he like took my video, but my video still had my name on it. I don't really know how to explain it. And that got 40k views, and it's just like, just the strategy of like what I I guess consider like guerrilla marketing, where you're just taking yeah. away someone's sunshine, I guess in a way, um, is 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 what I did. But again, you were sorry, you were saying about the under saturation of Valorant, and I think quickly to comment on it before I let you hop in, it's just people are too afraid to commit. Like oh,
1: absolutely, there's a lot 100%. of there's a
0: lot of backlash. I'm sure when you talked with noted that it was just like. People are like hating on him because it's like, Oh, why would you commit to something that doesn't exist yet? Oh my god, blah, blah, blah. Like people are just like so afraid to to commit into it.
1: Yeah. Well, I got I got a lot of hate when I first started too. Um because I published 20 videos. Uh, I, I think I did even more than that. I might have done, like, 35 videos before the, the name of the game was even announced. <laughs> and people were like, wow, you need to stop. Like, the, the, You're like you're uploading videos and stuff like that. And it wasn't just, like, all, like, like clickbait the same video over and over and over again. I try to, like, take really in-depth topics and, like, uh, compare it to, like, other, like, g- FPS games. Like, the mechanics that would be in those games that could be present in Valorant on a release and stuff. I got a lot yeah. of hate, and I was just like, "At least I'm doing something, dude." Like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just going all in because I, 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 believe in it, you know, and I really like stuff yeah. like that. But, um, you said about posting that below slashes tweet. I did the exact same thing actually with an infographic. So I spent like all night making these infographics for every single character. And um, I put like all their abilities and stuff on it, and like I even like got logos for the abilities. And then when they posted that Phoenix clip, I responded to the Phoenix clip with my infographic. And again, I got like I, I, it didn't blow up to nearly the size as yours did, but I got like 200 favorites, which is pretty high for anything that I post, you know? Like yeah, uh, so it's a good strategy. It works. It's a, good, <laughs> it's a good
0: strategy. And like like one one way is obviously you could just add a bunch of people, and the other way is really you just you you go on you commandeer someone's clout and really. Um, it's a strategy that works is, is currently the only Instagram strategy. Instagram is very saturated and it's difficult to get into. Um, the only way to get into Instagram right now, it's very late in the game, very, very late in the game. But if you wanted to get in right now is what you do is you comment, you're constantly commenting on the content, like, um, like accounts that you want the followers of. So, yeah. if there's like a, a Valorant Instagram that is like popping off, you're going to be, you're going to need to comment on every single post the moment it's up. Yeah. um, and, and that'll, that'll give you the only, that's like the only way to get traction on Instagram right now. But in, in Twitter, it still works the same way, commenting on other people. And I mean, we're, we're examples of it for sure.
1: Yeah. I, something that I did when I first started out too, and like this is a little frowned upon in like some regards because like people have like this weird possession thing with the follows. Like if you follow somebody, they feel like very possessive about like you following them. It's like if you unfollow them, then they feel like you are taking something away from them. And like it's like, did I? I, I didn't. I didn't give you my follow. Like I liked it. I like like your content, and then like I I didn't like it. Maybe in the future, you know. But um, I didn't follow people and unfollow them. What I did was I followed, like, one person, and if I clicked with a streamer, I would go through their following, and like or whoever follows them, and I would follow those people as well. And, like, like, one of the reasons specifically that I don't feel, like, guilty about this is because I made a lot of really good friends doing this. Like, a lot of people who I'm still friends with today I met just because, like, specifically I did this and I connected with people from their community. But, like, a lot of people are really scared to, like, go through and, like, oh, my following numbers are going to look, like, really gross and stuff. Like, I don't know. It just... People are very possessive over follows. I don't know if you ever noticed yeah. that.
0: Like, it, it's well, just... I, I mean, I mean, that's a whole other beast. That's just yeah. social media in general. You know what I mean? It's 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 the nature of the beast, and you have to play the game. You know, that's kind of the only way that I see it, right? Yeah. Um, you, you have to do what you got. You got to do what you got to do. And if like like you're saying, if someone's gonna be really salty about you know their their social media, whatever, um, it's just the way it's the way it is. You know?
1: Yeah. Just to clarify, too, if anybody, like, heard me that. They're like, he, he followed and unfollowed. No, I didn't, like, unfollow them. I, like, I followed them initially, and then I was just like, okay, we'll see their content. If it doesn't click with me, then, like, eventually i probably unfollow them. But, like, for the most part, I met a lot of really cool people doing that. Um, yeah. Uh, you said that you started out, at, or you, you didn't start your commentary on TV t- or TFT, but you played a little bit of TFT. Are you excited for the new set? Are you, you going to be looking forward to that? or?
0: Um. Yeah, the new set looks, like, really, really insane. I think... Um. I was thinking about this the other day cuz me and my uh me and my friend me and my actually one of my really really close friends is also my mentor. He's the one that when I went to write an article about that like league event, um he was the one commentating and he became one of my closest closest friends. Yeah. Um we have this plan like he really liked my idea of becoming a ride games caster and what we decided to do is that um we were going to once a week Go on Twitch, and we were just gonna find a, so, find somebody streaming League or Runeterra or TFT, and we would duo cast together. Um, would and you tell obviously, they were
1: casting their game or you just like do it like ghost. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like our goal is to just commentate and get experience because oh, yeah, right yeah. now there's there's like there's no spectate for TFT, there's no spectate for Terra. but I'm starting. Like I am really excited for the new set. It looks dope. I'm just really concerned that I think TFT will never be professional.
1: I don't think it will either, honestly. And
0: I think that Ruin Terra may, may also not ever be professional. Um, and I say that because it just feels like they aren't really taking the time to, to really do anything with it. I know it's still kind of in development and they're probably going to be releasing their next card set soon. Probably in the summer is when I expect that to come out because it looks like they do quarter year releases where they'll release big content in like quarters of the year. So now since we're in spring, the next time it'll be in in the summer Um, or at least in the beginning of the summer. I don't know. I just feel like with Ruin Terra, like we haven't seen anything yet. And with Valorant, I know that they're going to go full steam ahead. If they don't, they're really, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, But I think with Ruin Terra, I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Something about it just makes me feel like it's not going to be that big of an esport or they're not really going to do a whole lot. But I mean, if they pump in like three million dollars, like I can't, I can't, I can't not see people going to it.
1: Yeah. Well, with um, with TFT particularly, I always felt like it was more of a casual game. And I actually um, I started out uh, before Valorant. I was like, dude, I'm going to be a TFT content creator because that's a uh, that's always been my th- big thing. Or I just felt like I needed to like buckle down on a game. And, they, like, just go all in on it and, like, create content for the game. Do, like, all the talking. Because I think people give up too early. Like, they try to do a game. They make, like, ten videos or something. And they, like, stream it for, like, a little bit. And then they, like, give up before they ever, like, actually build an audience. And uh, yeah, after yeah. a while, it just felt like the same thing. Like, over and over. Like, the meta just turned into Rush rush uh, for the Tier 5 units or whatever. And then, like, you kind of win. And that just got, like, really boring to me. Maybe I have, like, a bad idea of the game, though. Maybe you have a little bit more experience with it. but
0: um, Right, like... The, the the meta the the so-called meta for being a, a TFT content creator awesome um, sorry <coughs> there it is this is the corona coming out <laughs> um uh the meta for being a TFT content creator is that your 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 peak is when a new set's released and you're and you're uh and right before a new set is released because all the stuff gets kind of teased yeah and your your complete downside is when the set's already out. And yeah. then you have to wait for the next set for your next content rush. Well, like for the last two um, months,
1: they just had nothing to talk about. Like it's the same thing, right?
0: Yeah. All well, they had like little, little things, right? Like they've been releasing things kind of like day by day. And, and right now, like with Valorant, once the actual game comes out, there's, there's still going to be so much content to go over and like different metas and strategies. But with TFT, it just gets really stale very quickly once, uh once the set's out. People find the meta and then boom it's done. You know, like it's it's just it's just meant for fun and just to play. Yeah. Um and, and the, the content at that point is just having fun. And I guess really you can play like funky builds and stuff like that. Like I used to have fun with like um especially with this set, like trying to make mouth fight a mage, and then he just uses it all twice and then just blows up people, or like having Vagar try to like I I oh my god, this is one game where I had where this Vagar just like absolutely had an alt every two seconds and he was just blowing people up. And I was like, how is this like, yeah, he had like the, the, like these items where just, I don't know. It just really worked in his favor, but I guess that's the really only content that you can do where you can just have fun with it. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, especially when it's, like, a casual game. That's all that you really can do. I feel like you'd have to get really creative with it. I wanted to start doing, like, funny-type TFT content, too. Or, like, uh, uh, I always um, I always had, like, an image of when Singe would run around and, like, poison everybody. I don't know why, but I heard, like, funny montage music. And there's definitely, like, a joke there. When you follow the Singe around, you're just yeah. killing everybody. But uh, yeah. as far as uh, Legends of Runeterra goes, too, I think that... It probably could, like could be successful. It's so early on still, like maybe they could bring it back. It's not dead necessarily yet, but it feels like it's lost a lot of its hype. I mean, like as will happen after the game's release. But um I like yeah. to see more stuff from it,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. I I, I I played a little bit of it. Um I grinded out expeditions until I won my first one. Um and then I kind of was like, okay, I feel accomplished now. I feel good. You've done everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel, uh, I've won the game. Dude, that was me when I hit um,
1: Diamond on League. I literally, I hit Diamond like season four, and then I didn't play for three seasons. I just stopped. I was like, whatever. Like, I'm done.
0: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm a champion. I'm a beast. Um, Which is actually, I'm I'm grinding League right now, and I'm, in my opinion, playing like the hardest role to grind. Maybe I'm just salty, and I'm just really bad, but... I've I've always hit plat and then I just like stop playing the game because I'm like hey I'm plat I'm not gold yeah. I'm better than I'm better than most, um, but now it's like so hard to climb like I just ugh, you're playing support so rough right too, right 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 yeah it's brutal I it think support brutal. can be so
1: rough because you you just like um no matter what you're doing if your team is not doing damage you feel so useless like what what yeah what do we do how do we win this
0: yeah and and whether whether it, like. A lot of the, the tips that people gave me is, like, play, like, engage champs and, and stuff like that. And, like, I definitely see it and it definitely helps. But if you're top mid jungle collectively 0 and 15, like, there's yeah. not much uh, a dumpstered lane is going to help you with. Like, even if you go, even if you're ADC 7 and 0, you're still, you still can't carry. You still can't 2v3, right? You still can't out outperform. Because I actually think that the game is insanely objective con- focused right now. Um, with league, like if you don't get dragons, you start to lose the game, really. Yeah. Hard. Oh, absolutely! Like, if you don't get rift heralds, you start to lose the game. So, right now, actually, jungle is like one of the most insane roles because you have to, um, you have to like really take control of the map.
1: It, it, it's so rough with the dragons and everything, too. Like, you yeah. said, if if you uh, you could have like thirty kills on a team, but if they get that uh Elder Drake or the, whatever it's called the 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 soul the dragon soul yeah they, they yeah. just win like it, it, there's nothing you could really do about it uh it's so nuts yeah but
0: yeah there's there's very few games where like I want to see a statistic if riot can prov- low riot if you're listening uh, I would like the statistic <laughs> um I want a statistic where win percentage of teams with dragon soul I want to see like what if or I want to see how many teams have lost with Dragon Soul, and I can guarantee you that number is probably below twenty percent. Yeah, like there's no way people are losing with Dragon Soul; it's like impossible. Do
1: you remember when they published like the Rift statistics? Whoever got the Rift Herald, it was like a seventy-five percent win rate or something like that, which is nuts for a one-time objective. <laughs> like right now? No, that was like, that was a while ago when like Rift like first uh, came out. But yeah. like, it, it was just really crazy that they published that stat. I was just like, dude, why haven't I not been getting Rift more? <laughs> like uh, yeah. Uh, it's
0: make, it's made me want to play jungle, but I feel like that role is so hard. The one thing I can't wrap my head around with jungle is clears. Like I just don't know like it's such a it's it's like jungle is the role where like man, every other lane has it so easy. Your CS is in front of you with jungle, you have to strategically take your CS. You have to figure out what is the most optimal pathing to get your CS and then also gank your 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 lanes. That is brutal. Yeah. That means you have to make the decision in your head, a split second decision, which I'm sure for challenger players is really easy. But you have to make a split second decision and say, I need to gank, I need to gank this lane. So that means I need to path this this rotation of of, of creeps or whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting too when you take a game like League and you think of how do I how do I carry in League as a specific role? And then you compare it to a game like Valorant at CSGO, where carrying is a completely different thing, right? Because like mechanically, if you are a good shot, you could you could one v five people in a game like Valorant. But in elite, a game like League, you can't do that. Uh, so it's going to be interesting, like the the comparison. Like, did, have you played FPS games a lot or like? Um...
0: Uh, so the only time, uh, do you play a lot of CS:GO? I feel like I you. used I to. Like I
1: so I have like a thousand hours on CS:GO, and then I have like a thousand hours on PUBG. That,
0: yeah, that's that's a lot of CS:GO. That was way more than me. That wasn't like I've 2014,
1: got... though. Like it, it was it yeah. was a long time ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I have currently 20 hours since CS:GO, and I'll tell you why. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I only played during the R8 update, and that's it. I like if you're familiar with the R8 update, they released a revolver that was the most broken thing in the game. You could, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that thing. You could, you could two shot from a body shot, um, which was it's just, it's insane. It's insane for and like a
1: 600 damage or 600 gold. I yeah, mean,
0: it, it it was insane, and. Uh, casual CS:GO at the time was just people running around with the R8, and I just really liked that. So I just, I just ran around, had fun, and then once they nerfed it, I stopped playing. Yeah. Which was yeah. the nerf took like a few days. Like it wasn't, it wasn't. It was fun. It was a fun time. Like I think CS:GO should release like a R8 mode where you only play with the R8. But it was honestly like the best. Like competitively, it was the worst CS:GO. But casually, it was the best CS:GO.
1: I started playing when uh the C Z was broken. I don't know why this always this has happened with like every single pistol where it just had this era where it was so busted. But the C Z used to be so incredibly strong. The damage output of it was like that of almost like an AK. Uh, or like maybe Jeez. maybe I'm maybe I'm exaggerating here, but like and then the accuracy of it was just like nuts. And it was only five hundred dollars. So you would just buy this thing every single round. You would like main weapon C Z and you would just murder everybody. Uh the same thing wow. happened with the tech nine later too. <laughs> it was just so nuts.
0: Damn. Not um, almost. It was an AK.
1: Okay, yeah, that guy was nuts. I, yeah, yeah. I love um, all the eras that CS:GO has had, though. But
0: More... so, um, obviously, like, to kind of on, on the topic of FPS games, um, you're how what are what are some of the questions that you have about Valorant casting, or like, what do you like? What are some of the things that uh, you're curious about? And maybe, maybe I might be able to answer some questions uh, as to like what. Is it that you want to know?
1: Well, particularly I. So I've been. Uh, I've had an interest in casting, and I was wondering, like, at what point did you start feeling confident enough to like upload your stuff to like channels? Did you just go for it right away, or did you uh, did you like practice in private? So like something like the Phoenix clip, for example. Do you did you get that in like one shot, or did you have to record that like multiple times before you decided to upload
0: it? So the advice that was given to me by my best friend and, and current mentor. Um, he he said that like yeah like you should get some games where you commentate by yourself just to like get just to like try it out but the 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 most ideal is that you commentate with like another friend like you commentate with somebody else so that you can get some of that experience yeah um at least like starting out like starting out you want to at least try things out um and currently in in the at least in the esports commentary space there are two schools of thought when it comes to commentary um, the first school of thought is is very rigid. It's the um, it's the play by play and the color. Um, and league is kind of very, very guilty of this where you have a play by play who commentates the action, and then when there's no action, there's a color analyst breaking down what are some of the most pivotal important topics for the game, right? If a team's behind, why are they behind, right? Um, with league, it's very, very easy to follow that school of thought, right? Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of downtime and it allows for uh, the color to have a lot of time to break things down, right? right? However, the other school of thought is it's more of a conversation between two friends. The first two commentators that really push the school of thought and every commentator that's like amazing right now Um, they say that they're the people that they look up to are two StarCraft casters called Tasteless and Artosis. Okay. Um, and those two casters, the reason why people look up to them is because they just during the StarCraft casts, they would just have fun. They would just talk. They would just like crack jokes, relax, obviously keep it professional, talk about the game. They would just crack jokes. Um, a lot of people talk about Monte Cristo and Doa when they were commentating for the LCK. The reason why people love them is because they just were friends. Yeah. They just talked, they just cracked jokes, they had a good time, and they were fun to they were fun to listen to. So there's two schools of thought. You either be incredibly serious or you try to have some fun with it, right? Um, with Valorant, it's gonna be the latter. There's gonna be way too much action for a color to be like, hey. I'm going to take some time to break down that, right? Yeah. It's going to be round three by the time you break down what you wanted to break down in round one, right? So you have to be a little bit more fluid and a little bit more flexible. Now, in regards to Phoenix clip, I'm really glad that TikTok prepared me for it because I was... Yeah,
1: you're six-second <laughs> with six-second
0: with, with TikTok, like, I'm given the clip and sometimes it's multiple takes. It's multiple, multiple takes because maybe I'm trying to get a specific joke or... I didn't like how that take went. With the Valorant clips, it's the same thing. If I have the opportunity to do a do-over, I'm going to do a do-over. Especially if I want Riot to look at it, I'm going to do a do-over. Oh, like why
1: not? It's um, like, yeah, it's post-recorded, so.
0: Yeah, it's 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 free. But some of the some of the comments, so one of my students like was kind of inspired by like what I did, so he did something very similar cuz he also wants to be a commentator too. So he also commentated the clips too. And in, in one of his commentaries, he tagged a bunch of commentators and they responded with like, Oh, you shouldn't be practicing with pre-recorded clips. And it's like, I don't think that's the point. I think the point is just try to make try just try to show what it would look like if it was an esport. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think I don't think it has to be taken that seriously. But it, it, it was a couple takes. Um I, for the Phoenix clip, I was in a rush because I had to get to work because I was like, crap, this clip is out. I'm not going to work until this clip is 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 finito. Um, so it actually was like two or three takes. Like it was very, very fast.
1: Yeah. That, that's, that's not a lot. It feels like you could have done that for hours and like gone through it. Yeah. That's cool. And like, especially with a six second clip, I was very impressed with your ability to, uh, take such a short clip and, but still like bring out your personality with it. Right. Cause I, like, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like it might take a little bit longer, but it's like, Hey, here's six seconds of me just commentating this. And like, it was really clean. And then it was like, that's it, you know? And it makes at least people like wanting more too it's really interesting yeah
0: thanks man I appreciate it I mean it's it's a little unfair because I've had four years of league commentary like I've had years to develop my style um it's not like this is my first time commentating um but some people especially in like the slasher comment thread are like oh is this like your first time like what you know what are you what are you what are you doing or like wow this is decent you know what I mean but it's like it's a little unfair because the people don't know that I've been working at it for four years to develop yeah. <clears throat> To develop it right
1: yeah well and like it's just the whole mentality that nobody really starts from like nowhere even though if it like seems like it uh you have a lot of background in it and you've been doing it for a while so um i i did write down like how do the people deal with like the downtimes of games so you said like there's the color commentators i'm assuming that plays into it a little bit but um like is it really stressful when there's like a big downtime or if there's like a problem in a tournament how do you how do you necessarily like deal with that
0: uh I think it goes back to that second school of thought when it when it, it, it's supposed to be a little bit more fluid. You really want to like the person that you're commentating with, um, and it is going to allow for the downtimes to be easier. Yeah, because you're going to just crack jokes, have fun, have a blast. Like it's not going to be that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Um, specifically for how I deal with downtimes you you want to constantly repeat to the audience that things are okay or they're trying to figure it out and try to give them updates but you want to have as much fun with the other commentator as much as possible and just kind of keep it trill keep it okay yeah um and and keep the keep, keep the uh the audience engaged and keep them having fun right and a lot of that will come from having a commentator that you like gel really really well with yeah I had um, I saw I actually commented a
1: CS:GO tournament one time. The only commentary I've ever done. And I went like balls deep with it because one of my one of my friends was like, "Hey, we need a commentator for this tournament," and I was like, um, "Yeah, I'll do it if I can bring my buddy on." And they're like, "Yeah, sure, just get in here." My buddy had never played Counter Strike at all in his life, and we yeah. come we come onto this stream. And it has like fifty viewers, and the teams because it was like kind of an amateur tournament, the teams were yeah. accusing the other team of cheating, <laughs> and they Whoa. they had to pause the game for like thirty minutes, and we're just like sitting there like, "How do we cover this up?" Um, yeah. So economy, you know, <laughs> using buzzwords yeah. and stuff because like. That's all he yeah. knew about the game. It was actually really funny, but it was also very awkward, like uncomfortable. I have a lot of respect for people who can go into that and, like, keep it entertaining, um, even though when there's, like, very clearly a problem with the game, it's like, okay, well, these guys are arguing over the other
0: team cheating. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and 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 a lot of it goes back to that, like, just ha- like you and your friends should have just cracked jokes. Yeah, that's I mean? pretty much what we did because we were close buddies.
1: So we made it through okay, but uh, it was funny. Um, how do people generally They're... specialize in what they... Uh, what 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 like they choose? So you said there's like the color commentator and then there's like the the analyst.
0: Yeah, it's more so obviously like what what somebody appreciates. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I'm I I'd, I'd probably consider myself pretty decently extroverted. Not as much anymore, but I like making people laugh and I like cracking jokes. And you can't crack jokes without opening your mouth, right? So you have to you yeah. have to say something to crack a joke. Um, so and that has really transferred into to my commentary. Obviously with the Valorant clips I made them a little bit more professional. But if you go to my TikTok, they're wild. They're just completely random. Um like they're TikTok is kind of like where I let my commentary just go crazy. Like there's like this one GTA clip that I commentated. I made like an Epstein joke. Like I just went I just went crazy on on my TikTok and just commentated like the most random things. Um but it really just take like, and how you want to approach um, commentary as a whole. Some people just really like data, and people just really like analysis, or they really like the story-building aspect of players. And don't get me wrong, I still like that. I still like building stories, but I really like just the energy and the adrenaline that rushes through your veins when you're watching a sick play, but you're also commentating it. Like yeah. it's just. Um, but really, with Valorant, it's going to be two casters that are all, both play-by-play. So really, there's not going to be a, a what do you like or what do you not like. It's going to be more so just two dudes, or you know two dudes, two girls, guy, girl, whatever. It doesn't matter. But it's going to be two people um, just gelling and commentating a game, like just chilling out. You know It's going to be the same vibe that CSGO has right now where, yeah, some rounds are slow, some rounds are fast, but whoever has the mic... And if something fast happens or something action happens, then that person's just gonna commentate it, right? Like they're just gonna take the show.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, uh, where can I find your TikTok at? Um...
0: Uh, it. it, I have the same at across every platform. Really happy I got that. Simo was taken is my TikTok. Um, and you're you're gonna go there. You might think, wow, this guy's twenty k, twenty k followers on TikTok isn't really an insane amount. It's it's a lot, yes. Like if you're like, "Whoa, what the hell? I would ask for 20k on any platform. Yes. But like 20k TikTok followers in the actual TikTok space isn't a lot. You're actually just more so judged on TikTok by the virality of your TikToks in general. One of my TikToks went viral, and then that's how I got 20K. But yeah. Um I've been taking kind of like a few weeks' break because I wanted to take a break from it for a bit and then I'm gonna hop back into it. But um there's a lot of just random commentary you'll find there, like the last thing I posted was like I commentated like a gang beast's clip. like it's really random. I saw the it's, Sims it's so one.
1: Random. so you you just do anything. like people will just send you clips and you commentate.
0: Um, people have submitted stuff. um, but sometimes I'll so what I did was I set out like weeks of what games I wanted to do. um and sometimes people will submit stuff and sometimes I'll just dedicate like a week of what I want to do. So I want, for example, I did a month of GTA because my most viral TikTok was a GTA clip. And you could see that I just did a bunch of bunch of GTA stuff. Yeah. Uh, I tried Sims because I was like, oh, well, Sims is kind of like GTA. So let's see if I can make a viral TikTok. It's really just me um, trying to figure out what's going to make me go viral again or whatever. But it's just an experiment. Like I didn't go into TikTok thinking, oh, I want fame and fortune. Yeah. I just went into thinking it like, this is a platform that no commentator is using, and I feel like I could just make a big impact, and I did, um, and I think I I will likely continue to do so because it's an insane app where you could just post something and it'll just explode. No, especially you can see with... That with some of them, it's like like well, one like I don't know what I, I can kind of see on your stream. It was like seventy k views. Yeah, seventy five k. That's a lot. The views are real, but the followers aren't real. Like, the conversion rate for what your followers do isn't as high as other platforms. Yeah.
1: Uh, I have I have a friend who's been doing like cosplays and stuff on TikTok, and she actually like she blew up real fast. her Her second TikTok that she posted got a million views, and it's yeah, like
0: it's it's insane, it's insane.
1: The fact that it's such a young platform that can do like you can do really well on as a new creator, um, I think that everyone should try TikTok. Honestly, like don't don't be don't both jump on the bandwagon of hate and just be like this is dumb. I like the way that you said it. it's just it's just a way to get views. That's all it is. It's like go try go try it out. Go figure out what you can do to get more views on the platform. It's really it's really yeah. a good exercise, honestly. Like, I've done, um, I've done some TikToks, so, but they're all like karaoke related
0: things. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so somebody in your chat asked if if uh, if if they send a clip, uh, will I commentate it? I prefer shorter clips, um, but yeah. Um, totally like i if people send me clips i just commentate it like i haven't looked at my log i have this like google form that i ask people to fill out i haven't done it in a while but um yeah people submit clips and i just commentate it and then from there people are like oh wow like my clip got commentate oh wow, that's cool you know yeah um
1: people love being noticed in that regard like it if people publish stuff and you just like talk about it that's why you like people say reply to every single comment you know
0: there's no yeah, reason not and-
1: to especially when you're small like
0: yeah, I actually respond to haters, too, but I do so in, like, a funny way. Yeah. Like, uh, there's been some, like, I remember that there's, like, this one hate thing that, like, stands out to me, I guess. it's It wasn't really that big of a deal, but it was, like, somebody was pretty much saying, uh, um, oh, like, wow, this sucks. And I was like, yeah, but who asked? Like, I actually <laughs> don't care to get, get really grimy with the haters. Like, I just have fun with it because, like, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't really, like, I don't care either way. So if I clap back, you know I'll, I'll show them that i got heat
1: you ever Honestly. noticed too like some of the haters are super angsty and like when you do clap back they like they're like oh dude like I, i'm sorry i was just like <laughs> i was just like yeah i, I actually really like your stuff i just didn't realize or like, i was confused like
0: yeah there was actually a, uh i posted it i posted the valorant clip on on reddit and like there was like somebody was hating and and i responded i was like yeah but like it's just lighthearted and fun like why are you hating and it like got more upvotes than the guy that was hating and it's just like and then, and then he responded with like oh dude like my bad man like your your shit's dope and I'm like People <laughs> hey, like, what, what, like, what was the point of the first? Like, why yeah, what did happened? Yeah, like, yeah, why <laughs> yeah. did you start with the first thing? Like, you should have just started with the first, like the second thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's dumb. It's just dumb.
1: My my mentality on league. So I I got most of my like um I I would say my self esteem honestly from playing League of Legends because you play the game so long you get flamed by everybody. It's like, dude, I nobody knows nobody matters. <laughs> like, uh, um, yeah. But whenever people are like really mean to me on a game or just like on YouTube, I always like apologize like as if I'm taking them seriously, like as if they're actually upset i'm like sorry dude like i, I was just i'm just making these videos to like try to make people happy and like i'm sorry that like you, you don't like it and it's like it's really hard to keep going at somebody when they're like genuinely like i'm sorry man like i i, I really didn't mean to like if i come in and yeah. i start arguing with them back then they're like oh yeah we're on but like if i come in i'm like i'm sorry man they're like oh no it's cool like i actually really like your videos like <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah but um I, I i do know that like okay let's hypothetically say one of us blows up right like the there there are odds that it could go in our favor we're both grinding it out like yeah say ballon or whatever let's say we blow up right one of us blows up there's obviously a lot of celebrities who have in who have had insane amounts of depression just due to the hate that they might they might have gotten from like a specific song or like there's always going to be haters and as much as people may hate logan paul i think he handles haters like the best Oh yeah, Like he, he just he encourages them because the more people that hate him, the more people that are watching. Um I know that it's 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 easy 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 to easy to say like in the position that we're in right now, like, oh yeah, haters don't 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 phase us. But like I think like the way that you have to take it is just like it's it's just a keyboard warrior, you know what I mean? Like they're not actually like whether they're gonna, you know, whether they mean it or not, like if you just play it off and, and you kind of accept it, like you or like you try to not accept it, but you try to play it off and try to crack jokes with it the hate will just wash over you you know
1: yeah so did you actually did you get a couple negative comments I'm assuming you did on your commentary um N-
0: not not really that much it was actually primarily positive but I yeah. do imagine that people like it was actually a l- some of the hate was coming from Reddit and I was like really confused it was like Twitter's like loving this and reddit like some of the people on reddit were like not loving this and I was like what's the difference like why 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 is there That's such really a difference? I, I my question wasn't, like, why are people hating? My, like, my question wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, no, my feelings are hurt. My question was, what's the difference? Like, what was the difference between, like, Twitter and Reddit? You know, like, yeah. what, like yeah. why why was there such a difference?
1: Well, and you said you were in business and marketing, too. So I think that's, like, that sort of perspective where um, you just got to look at these things. And you're like, why, why is it different than from here to there? I wonder if it's, like, a Reddit community thing where it just seems like people on Reddit, since, like, Maybe it's more apparent, other people's views, so one person hates on it and then people just bandwagon on. But like on Twitter, you don't always see the replies until you click on the tweet maybe.
0: I think um, – uh just had a random thought that popped into my head. Um, I think Noted is handling this really, really well as well. Like he's yeah. playing up the hate incredibly well. Um, and that's really what you have to do. Like in order to keep that trajectory, you actually have to feed the haters more. Yeah. You got, like you, like you can't think that they've ever had enough. There's um, there's one instance, um, there's so, um, some of the latest. So there, there's a there's a TikToker or like a group of TikTokers. Um, there's one particular TikToker that has handled something really, really incredibly well. Um, so it blew up on Twitter and on TikTok. A lot of people were like memeing it or making fun of it. But essentially, this guy is like like little mini sex tape got, like, released, right? Yeah. Um, And so he... The way that he responded was, first, he went dark for, like, 48 hours. No TikToks, no Twitters, nothing. His first TikTok back is he was wearing joggers, and he was dancing, and the joggers, right over his crotch area, said, stop looking at my dick. And I was just like, that is, like, the most... <laughs> Like I get it. It's like trolley. It's mimi. It's 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 whatever. I'm like that is a good response. Like yeah. you're laughing at yourself. You're making fun of yourself. I can respect that. I yeah. can respect that. A fucking sex tape. That's disgusting. However, your response back. I respect it. Well I respect you, it.
1: you've seen it in school too right where like like you have the kid and he's getting like made fun of for something and the response could either be to like get upset about it and like ask him to stop or when you make fun of yourself it goes away like it it, it depends on how you handle the situation so it's like uh, it's the whole mentality that you can't be canceled unless you, like, cancel yourself. Like, yeah, if you, True. if you if you take it as it is and you get, like, you're actually upset about it and you voice that you're upset, then people are going to... That's what happened with um, T-Martin, with the whole CS Ghost, uh, like, uh, lotto thing. You remember T-Martin and Syndicate? They had, like, that big scandal and, like, it was, like, actual legal trouble. And yeah. Syndicate did not say a word. <laughs> and T-Martin made, like, two or three apology videos. And, like, T-Martin, like, doesn't really exist as much anymore. And Syndicate's, like, still kicking. Like, he's, he still exists, like... Uh, yeah so situations like that it's like you like play in or play into it or ignore it it's how you respond to it basically i feel like yeah yeah
0: yeah for sure yeah yeah it's crazy man like the and i i definitely don't doubt that we'll likely run into some just some hate here or there right like it's it's gonna happen um but let's just see how we deal with it you know i might just uh i think like a funny way that I might deal with it is I might actually like commentate them. Like, I'm going <laughs> to so I'm going to film a skit where they're like typing it out and I'm going to commentate that skit and then I'm going to reply <laughs> to that. That was so hate.
1: great. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, there's, there's probably like so many creative ways like for you, like like I'm not singling out like specifically like infographics, but you can make like an yeah. infographic like percentage of anger. <laughs> as they see, as they see your tweet on their timeline or something like that, and it just like progressively scales up.
1: What I did particularly with videos when people started making fun of me for my videos, uh, they're like, "You're uploading too much, or you need to stop talking about the game that's not out." I just started making more. <laughs> I, so I I've been doing like two videos a day for like the last couple of weeks while I'm doing my character breakdowns and stuff, and it's like I, I don't know if it's the best marketing strategy, but like I don't know, I'm definitely pissing off the haters if they if they were upset with my uh, me to begin with, um, but
0: yeah, yeah, and 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 also like. Like, I don't know if you know who Gary V is, but... I
1: love Gary Vee, yeah.
0: He, like, the more content you push, the more, like, if it's out there, it's out there. You know what I mean? Like, the first step is doing it, and you're just doing it. So, like, there's nothing that you can really be upset about. Yeah. Once you have 200 videos and you're not getting anything, that's when you think, okay, like, well, how can I improve, right? But you're not at, well, I don't know if you're at 200 videos. But, like, the point being is that, like, like you, you just have to strategize, you know, ahead, right?
1: Yeah. Um, Ivyl wonders if you think that CS:GO casters will transfer over to Valorant.
0: Um, it's an interesting question. I I think that okay. So I actually had like a conspiracy theory. I went big brain on this. Um, I feel like one of okay, and this I could be completely off. One of Riot's motivations for releasing an FPS is to get some of the best FPS casters over to their game, so they probably love people like Semler, uh, Moses, um, Anders. Uh, I don't really know a lot of the CSGO casters, yeah. I wish I knew. Um,
1: There's Henry G, I know he casts (laughs) Launders,
0: tons of different CSGO casters. I I, deep, deep down, part of me is like, I wonder if, like, even like one percent of their motivation was to release the FPS to capitalize on some of these amazing casters that they normally wouldn't have access to, right? When are you going to get a CSGO caster casting League? The answer is never. You're never going to get that jump over. But this does create a window for people to hop over. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are casters that have left League because they hate kind of like how the casters are treated, Monte Cristo being one of them. He's like incredibly vocal. Um, But I think... The answer is very obviously yes. Like CSGO casters are obviously going to transfer over. Yeah, it's definitely going to be like a couple. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a couple. It's going to happen no matter what. And I'm almost certain that Riot is already probably in talks with them or wants them to come out to their, you know, or probably invited some of the CSGO commentators to their event thing. Because like... There's, there's something I saw on Twitter, like some dude who had like a Valorant invite, and he's like the most random person that I've, like, I don't even think deserved an invite. Um, he was, uh, he's on, um, you know who KSI, LGB, whatever the hell the guy's name is?
1: I know who KSI is, yeah, is that the same Yeah, KSI, KSI. So
0: he's got a group of friends called the Sidemen, um... One of those guys got an invite to Valorant. Like, who are you? Like, <laughs> the, the esports community doesn't, like, you know, the content creator community doesn't really know who you are. So it's like, so the, the most random people got invites. So it's almost obvious that a CSGO caster, one, two, three, five, Definitely got invites to play out, so Riot's definitely keeping them on their radar for sure.
1: Well, that's like Henry G's a, a CS:GO commentator. Apparently, he was part of like the first uh, ever CS:GO uh, playtest, and he he playtested the game, and like he said that it was like really good. He's like really excited to talk about it more. So it's just like, yeah, th- there's gonna be people coming over. Everybody's kind of looking for the opportunity. Like me, you, and I are not the only people who have like our eyes on this game. There's people way larger than us who are looking at this, uh, yeah. looking like they want to be professional casters, wanting to make uh, content for the game and stuff. So. Uh, it'll yeah. be really interesting to see who all comes over once the game actually like gets released or like uh, into like beta and everything, and who who becomes the big names.
0: Yeah, uh, somebody in your chat's asking about like the first big tournament. I think with TFT, like the first big tournament wasn't until like months after the release of the of the game, um, and that might be due to like kinks that they had to iron out or whatever. I don't really know, but I think it might be quite some time before the first tournament comes out and you also have to consider like think about it from the perspective of it, of of how of the inception of an esport like we're going to witness how a top tier organization a top tier developer is going to turn an esport it's it's going to skip the grassroots stage which by the way the FGC is still stuck in um it's going to skip FGC? the sorry uh, the fighting the fighting game community. Oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to skip the grassroots stage it's going to skip Amateur lands, and it's gonna go straight to to an esports event with like a prize pool. They're not gonna do franchising. They're not gonna make teams buy in. They're gonna like they're probably gonna do one type of tournament, but it's gonna leapfrog over a specific stage of the e- of esports growth. Like CS Counter Strike Source, the reason why it it is where it is today is because of like thousand person lands in Sweden of people playing Source, um or one point six uh and and there's like a huge community behind it riot's gonna skip that stage and we've i actually think that we've never been able to witness that type of development from ground up ever in the esports space ever we've never been able to witness it well it's so cool to see a company
1: like them too where they they have the foundation for it with league it it, it exists and if they want to push something like this they can like they can push it hard um yeah i'm super hyped for it i uh I don't have any more casting questions for you. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs>
0: cool. Yeah. No. Uh, um, um. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Come on. I yeah. think it was. Uh, I, we obviously didn't really talk a lot about casting. We kind of hopped all over the place. But it was That's still. Okay. Uh, it was still, like,
1: I, I'm still hyped for the game. That's kind of like all I wanted to talk about on this channel too. Just like bring people on who are like interesting, who are looking forward to the game, and uh, just talk about the game with them. Because like clearly you're hyped for it too. Like you've been commentating over it and everything. Um. Where Where can yeah. people find you if they if they're looking for you?
0: um very very fortunate um and i recommend anyone who's getting into content creation to try to snag the same app on every single platform it just makes things a lot easier for you um and for me it's simo was taken uh simo was taken and the reason why that's my app is because well obviously simo was taken like the app <laughs> simo was taken so very very easy but youtube twitter uh instagram twitch uh tiktok everywhere youtube everywhere it's everywhere Um, really easy to find me so um yeah
1: yeah thanks for coming on man i I really appreciate it thanks man Uh, and uh take care buddy yeah i'm looking forward to your commentary uh if you ever want to play league two you should hit me up Uh, i'd be down to do a queue
0: Uh, we'll do it we'll do it up we'll do it up let's see man